0: When Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor, asked, What is truth? Truth, personified, was standing in front of him. Now you're listening to Search for Truth, your Bible teaching program with Brian Johnston. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Brian takes a look at who Jesus was in those New Testament days. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as we know. And Jesus, who became a man for about 33 years, was at that time then God, the Son, in human flesh. There are still differing opinions about who Jesus is, even today. And here's Brian to put the challenge directly to you. Thanks, John. Let me ask you a question. Who is
1: Jesus Christ? Jesus himself asked that question one day in Matthew chapter 16. Today, some people think Jesus is Lord. Others think he is a liar. And yet others that he was a lunatic. How about you? What do you think? There's a story in the Bible, it's found in Mark chapter 2, and it's a story that demonstrates a time when Jesus gave evidence that he really had forgiven someone's sins. The Jews who didn't believe in Jesus. Already understood that only God has the right and authority to forgive sins. For them, that was a given. If Jesus could show them that he truly could forgive a person's sins, then that would be the very same as showing them that he was God. How did he do this? Well, you can read it for yourself, as we say in Mark's Gospel, chapter 2. A paralysed man was brought to Jesus. This man and his friends who brought him must surely have believed in Jesus' power to heal. In fact, they were so convinced that they didn't let the crowd deter them. It had seemed at first impossible that they should be able to reach Jesus through a dense crowd while carrying their immobile friend on his portable bed. But they found a way by climbing steps onto the roof of the place where Jesus was and uncovering the roof and lowering their friend, still in his bed, down to the very feet of Jesus as he addressed that crowded room. The paralysed man and his interaction with Jesus suddenly became the sole focus of everyone's attention. The man's faith was obvious. Would it lead to his being healed? Not straight away it didn't. For when Jesus spoke, he pronounced that the man's sins were all forgiven. In the ears of the hearers that day, this was as shocking as it was surprising. The eyewitnesses knew, and they were correct, that no one but God could forgive a random person's sins. I mean, we can agree to overlook someone's bad behaviour if it's been directed at us. However, there's no reason to suppose this man had ever crossed paths with Jesus before this. The Jewish audience, however, knew from their book of Psalms that all sin is against God. Sometimes another person is on the receiving end, but it's always true that sin is against God, an offence against his holy nature, a falling below the standard expected of humanity, humanity that was made originally in the image of God. It's precisely because we were made originally in God's own holy image, that all our shortcomings register as sin against the one who made us. This means that when Jesus spoke those words, forgiving the man's sins, this was interpreted as Jesus making the claim that he was God. Sometimes you hear people saying that Jesus never claimed to be God. The only sense in which that's correct is in that he never said those exact words. In cases like this, Jesus left his audience in no doubt, no doubt whatsoever, that he did claim to be God. That's why on several recorded instances, the Jews tried to put Jesus to death. And finally, but only in God's time, they succeeded. In ways such as we've described, Jesus plainly claimed that he was fully God, as well as being fully human. He was both in one person. So let's think clearly. Jesus claimed to be God. After all, that's why the Jews crucified him. If that's true, then he is Lord. But if this was false, then there are two options. Either Jesus knew he was making a false claim, and that makes him a liar, or else he didn't even know he was making a false claim, and that makes him a crazy lunatic. Notice, there is no middle ground. It's not possible for Jesus to have been only a good man, a good prophet, a good teacher, without being also God, because good men don't tell lies. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3 describes Jesus as being the exact representation of God the Father's nature. Again, this is telling us that he's the same kind as the Father. As with a passport that gets stamped in an airport with a country stamp, everything on the one thing, everything on the stamp, is faithfully represented in the image on the other, on the passport page. Someone looking at that page will automatically know what the stamp itself looks like, though it remains in the airport and has not been seen by them. To have seen the image on the page means you've seen the stamp. To have seen Jesus was to have seen the Father. The Bible is simply telling us there is nothing in the Son's character that's not in the Father's, and nothing in the Father's character that's not in the Son's. John chapter 10 and verse 30 teaches us that the Son and the Father are one. They are one in nature, sharing the same character. However, they are not the same person. The natural way to understand the Father has sent the Son, and we read that in 1 John 4 and verse 14, the Father has sent the Son, the natural way to understand that is in terms of two persons, one being the sender, and the other, the sent one. The baby Jesus, speaking of the sent one, the baby Jesus, when upheld in the arms of Mary, his mother, was at the very same time upholding the entire universe by the word of his power, being also God's son. How amazing is that? Christ, even the Christ child, was not now God minus some essential elements of his deity, but was in fact God plus all that he now had additionally made his own by embracing humanity. The Lord didn't give up any of his divine attributes at the incarnation, for then he'd have ceased to be God. The fact of Christ's two natures, his full humanity and his full deity, is surely accepted by all bible-believing Christians, but we must understand that the two natures of Christ remain distinct with their own properties and their own attributes. A wrong view was once taught and it said that the human nature of Christ was absorbed into his divine nature, similar to when we might put a drop of ink in a glass of water. The resulting mixture is neither pure ink nor pure water, but some kind of third substance, a mixture of the two, in which both the ink and the water are changed. It's unbiblical for Christ's two natures to mix together, for then he's no longer truly and fully God, and nor is he truly and fully man, but instead some different kind of being that's a mixture of the two natures and what's more the two unmixed natures don't change one another. Each nature remains distinct and retains its own individual properties and doesn't change. Christ will be both God and man forever, ever worshipped as God and ever a worshipper of God. But although Christ has two natures we need to be clear on the fact that he remains one person. At this point, we find another heretical view that we need to avoid. It's the view that while acknowledging that Christ is fully God and fully man, this view denies the reality that he's only one person. In contrast to this, the Bible is very clear that while Jesus has two natures, he's only one person. In the New Testament, Jesus never speaks of himself as we, but always as I. The fact that Christ has two natures means that there are things that are true of his human nature that aren't true of his divine nature, and vice versa. For example, only his human nature could be hungry. However, it's the case that things that are true of and done by only one of Christ's natures are nevertheless true of and done by the whole person of Christ. If there's something that only one of Christ's natures did, he can still say, I did it. For example, Jesus says in John 8 and verse 58, before Abraham was, I am. Now, Christ's human nature didn't exist before Abraham, but his divine nature existed eternally. Before Abraham. But since Christ is one person, he could simply say that before Abraham was, he is. Another example is Christ's death. God is immortal. God cannot die. That's why we shouldn't speak of Christ's death as being the death of God. Humans, however, can die, and Jesus Christ's human nature did. But even though his divine nature did not and could not die, we can still say that the person of Christ experienced death because of the union of the two natures in that one person. This also helps us begin to understand how the Lord Jesus could say that he didn't know the day or hour of his return. That's Matthew 24 verse 36. Even though he's divinely omniscient, With regards to his human nature, Jesus Christ doesn't have all knowledge. But in his divine nature, he does have all knowledge and did and does know the time of his return. The birth of Jesus Christ, what took place when the eternal word became also human flesh, is the most astounding reality that human minds can ever grapple with.
0: Let me remind you how you can freely receive a transcript book of all the talks in this series. Firstly, it's available online and you can obtain it by downloading a copy from churchesofgod.info forward slash media. Alternatively, you can write to us and request a hard copy book. Just ask for the title, A Good Place to Begin. You can use email or the post and here's our address. Search for Truth. Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton bassett Swindon, SN48DY, UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Many, many thanks for the privilege of your company today. I hope you enjoyed the study. If you've got any questions, Brian's always pleased to chat with you. Just write in to sft at churchesofgod.info. So please join me again next time for another study when Brian will be looking into the Bible to discover the person and work of the Holy Spirit. But for now, it's goodbye and very best wishes from our Bible teacher, Brian, our producer, David, our singers and me, John. So see you again soon. And in the meantime, we wish you God's richest blessings.